0: Good morning, this is Misty, Administrative Assistant to Dr. Bruce Phillippe, Lead Pastor of Journey Life Center. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to today's message, Fit for the Fight. We would also like to take a moment and invite you to join us for our Easter services. We have three safe, socially distanced services that we will be offering on Easter Sunday. That's at 8 o'clock in the morning, 9.15 in the morning, and 11 in the morning. Please feel free to join us for any of these services. If you need prayer, feel free to contact our 24-hour prayer line at 419-747-4951. You can also vi- visit our website at journeylifecenter.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. I want to talk about fit for the fight. Fit for the fight, because there's a fight coming. <laughs> there's a fight coming, and you need to be in shape. You know, we're, we're in the COVID, uh, COVID transition series, we're calling it, it's like 12, 13 sermons, and, uh, uh, because we need to get in shape. We need spiritual stamina to stand. Let me say that again. We need the spiritual stamina to stand in these last days. Because what God is sending, I don't know that we can all get through. I I like what Michelle was saying about the fire. It's coming. It's coming. But for some of you, it's going to burn you out. For some of you, you're going to say, that's not for me. That's weird. That's crazy. I I can't go there. Because the fire is not, mm, the fire is meant to burn the flesh. It's meant to burn up what you like. So we're in transition, and, and we, we, need, we need to be in shape spiritually because it's, it's going be like, to be like you're out in the woods, and a bear comes running at you, and then you're thinking, I really should have been running more. If I were in shape, maybe I can outrun this thing, and all of a sudden you start running, and you realize I'm not in shape. Say, Pastor, how do you know if you're in shape or not? Exercise. Some of you, you used to be able to do 20 pull-ups, right? Now you do none. You're like one. One and done. And then you and then for the next week your arms hurt. How out of shape. So when you begin to do spiritual exercises, it's not easy. Now, God took me to Acts chapter 15, an interesting story, because we think, you know, we want our church like the early church. How many want to be like the first century church, where where people were healed? Peter just walked by people, and his shadow, there's my shadow right there. Can you imagine if I just told him, just get in my shadow, and you'd be healed? Oh, you'd be running up here like, like crazy people. The dead were raised. Signs, wonders, miracles. And we we kind of think, well, the church, everybody in that early church must have been perfect. There were some issues. There were some people that were out of shape, that got out of sorts. My story is in Acts chapter 15, verse 36. Then after some days, Paul and Barnabas. Y'all know Barnabas? Barnabas is the one that made the way, cleared the road for Paul to be accepted in the church, right? People had problems with Paul. He killed them. And all of a sudden he said, yeah, I'm a Christian now. Oh, yeah, right. I don't trust that. So Barnabas, you know, cleared the way. And really, I want you to get this. Really, Barnabas Barnabas was over Paul. Paul was his assistant to start out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All of a sudden, Paul begins to, you know, get more recognized, and he he goes over Barnabas. Have you ever had somebody all of a sudden take your position? (laughs) He said, I thought I was in charge of this. Now the person I trained is taking over, and I'm getting booted out. Right? So Paul and Barnabas... Paul says, let us now go back and visit, you know, all the churches, every city where we have been preaching the word of the Lord, and let's see how everybody's doing. Let's go back to the churches. Let's encourage everybody, okay? Asia Minor, Turkey, all these these churches now, the seven, you know, we're going to go back to all these churches and see how they're doing. And verse 37, now, Barnabas was determined. Say determined. Barnabas was determined. He had made up his mind that he was going to take John, called Mark. Sometimes they just call him John Mark. He was determined. It didn't say God said. It said Barnabas said. You know, we always get in trouble when we want to do what we want to do, and we haven't checked in. We don't really know what God thinks. Some of some people don't care what God thinks. I'm going to do what I'm. No one's going to put. No one's going. But Paul, but Paul, okay. Barnabas was determined, but Paul. Can you see a problem here? But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one. <laughs> Who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Paul said, I'm not taking John Mark, because when I needed him the most, come on, when I needed him the most, he abandoned us. So I, so I don't want anything to do with John Mark. Now you need to know the backstory of this because the backstory is this is where, this is right after the big conflict in the church between Gentiles and Jews. Because all the Jews were getting saved, and everyone was happy with that. And then those Gentiles start getting saved. Y'all know about the Gentiles? That's you. All of a sudden, Gentiles are getting saved. John Mark was a good Jewish boy. He... And, and we don't know this for sure but all this conflict's going on plus plus Bar- there's a power struggle between Paul and Barnabas and this is going on and Paul said I'm not going to take him and 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 Barnabas said well then well then I'll take him I think the next verse, next verse says, then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. By the way, we never hear about Cyprus. (laughs) We never hear about these two, what happened there. You know, if you get out of God's will, you drop out of the story. You drop out of the story. So they go, but Paul, but Paul chose Silas. How many know Silas? Remember Silas? So God chose Silas and departed, being commended of the brethren to the grace of God. So Paul and Silas start moving, moving west. They eventually cross over uh, where's now Constantinople and they come over into a, a town called Philippi. Y'all remember Philippi? And do y'all remember what happened at Philippi? Y'all remember? They're in the jail. Paul and Silas in the jail. Can you imagine if it was Paul and John Mark in the jail? John Mark, who's just kind of concerned about himself, John Mark would be like, you know, if we didn't have to preach to these Gentiles. See, the Jews were okay when everybody getting saved was like them. But when people start coming into the church that they weren't even allowed to speak to. Jesus, y'all aren't hearing me. I tell you, I don't mind going to church, but these these street people come in. Oh, these these people, they're not like us. I don't know why pastor lets them come to church. You better be careful. You'll be the one leaving. we'll part company. <laughs> I, I don't know for sure, but I think I think that's part of the problem. You know, he, he's like, I'm Barnabas' guy, and Barnabas isn't being treated right, because now Paul's over Barnabas, so, so me and Barney, we're going to go on and do our own thing, and, and Paul and Silas, they'll just go and do their own thing. But can you imagine John Mark in the jailhouse? He wouldn't be singing. He wouldn't be praying. He wouldn't be praising. He'd be complaining. He'd be griping. He'd be talking about how dark it is. He'd be talking about how cold it is. He'd be talking about about how Paul got us. Paul, you got us in another mess. We can't preach to anybody in jail. But old Paul, he knew who to take with. Listen, you need to know who's going to stand with you in the prison house. You need to know who you can count on. You need to know when times get hard, when times get bad, who's going to stand by you. Amen. So he took Silas, and Paul and Silas began to praise, and they began to worship God. And the jailhouse shook, and they came out of that jail. We need to We need people who know how to crucify the flesh and do what God wants us to do and not what they want to do. Come on and praise him if you know what I'm talking about. Wow. Praise God. Amen. Eventually, John Mark goes back to Jerusalem. You know, I'm going back where people are like me. Sometimes people will leave you, but you have to keep going. Oh, I had to learn that. Anyone else have had to learn that? Sometimes, Listen, listen to me. Some people are hard to love. You all know the country song? So <laughs> some people, see, some of us think we only are obligated to love people who love us. No, no, you have to love everyone. That's why I say some people are hard to love. Some people you have to work at it. You have to love your enemies. Oh, my goodness. Some people are hard (laughs) to love, but yet we love them and we go on, but we can't always go with them even when we love them. See, Mark, John Mark wasn't willing to crucify the flesh. He still had soulish appetites. He was acting political. He was acting in ways that, that made him happy instead of what God was saying to the church in those last days, amen. Listen, it's not easy to stay in shape and be the kind of Christian that God has called us to be. We have to get in shape. We have to get in shape. Hopefully, because you say, well, how do I spiritually, we know how to get in shape physically. Well, at least theoretically, right? We, we know we're supposed to go to the gym and work out. You know, and, and, and I found this out. You don't want to admit you're out of shape. You know, physically though, we know. <laughs> we we kind of know, but spiritually you don't know. So th- that's why we, we get intimidated when we're around. But listen, you can get into shape. I'm figuring this out. The older I get, the more important it is to get in to stay in shape. Hello? If if you don't, if you don't exercise, listen, if you're if you're young, listen to me. When you're older, if you don't move, you won't move. <laughs> One day you'll sit on the couch and just say, I'm here. I'm here till you pick me up. Help me out of this chair. So you <laughs> so you keep exercising. Thing, amen? Yeah, if you move it or lose it, so you, you, ke- you have to stay in shape. And listen, some of us think we're just going to live forever. And the same thing happens in the spirit realm. We well, say, well, I've been saved 30 years. I don't need. Yeah, you need. I wonder if some of us that are older in the Lord, we need to work out just as much or more than younger people, amen. We've got to stay in shape because the enemy will wear you out, and you have got to stay in shape. Pastor, why are you preaching this? Because something amazing is coming our way, and I'm, I'm concerned that the church isn't ready for what God wants us to be and to do, amen. That bear's coming out of the woods, and most of us are just going to lay down. By the way, if you're going to run from a bear, the only thing you have to remember is you just, you don't have to outrun the bear; just outrun the other guy. That's all you got to do. So, so what does it mean to what does it mean to be in shape? Prayer and fasting keeps you in shape. Worship. How many of us worship God? With or without music, you just spend time in adoration every day. I mean, it's good to worship once a week. It's good to exercise once a week. But you're not going to get in shape. I mentioned that guy in the commercial. He comes to the gym, he gets on the scale, and he runs around the gym once, gets back on the scale, and head moved, and he slaps the scale I should have lost five pounds. No, just because you prayed five minutes doesn't mean you're now in shape. Hello? Get on the spiritual scale. Are you in the Word? Reading it, studying it, meditating, chewing on it. What, where's, what are you doing with your talents? Are you using them for the Lord? Your time. Is God getting anything other than just you coming and showing up on Sunday? And what about your treasure? Is that 10% going back to the Lord? Are are, are you contributing? Are you supporting? Are you helping? You You know, whatever resources you have, what's your level of dedication? This is what faithfulness is. There's a quote I got. It says, spiritual workouts. It means the consistent application of principles. Exercise. Exercise. The consistent application of principles. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Ah, Jesus, help us in this place. 1 Corinthians 10 lays this out very clearly. Let's begin reading in in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all, say all, all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. What does all mean? Every single, all one million of them. They all drank. They all ate. They're all under the cloud. But, but, next verse. They all drank from the same spiritual drink for, that, for they drank of that spiritual rock, capital R, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Uh-huh. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. Do you realize you can be blessed and drinking from his blessing and him not being, and him not pleased? Jesus Oh, it's quiet now. It's like we're a whole new, def- a whole new denomination. <laughs> For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Can I say it this way? They drank from the river, but they died in the wilderness. They drank from the river, but they died in the wilderness. They drank from the river. See, you can be a Christian. You can be blessed. You can drink from the river and live. But they died in the wilderness, meaning they never got to the promised land. If you just want to go to heaven, just camp out by the river. We'll wave as we go by. We'll just wave by. I'm just camping out, just drinking, just, oh, I'm just drinking of the blessings. Just got my little tent. I'm just, I'm a happy Christian. But you'll never go anywhere if you don't get in the river. Is that too deep? There's a difference between drinking from the river and getting in the river. Getting in the river means I have a purpose, a destiny, and I'm headed towards it. To be in the river means you're moving. To be in the river means you're going somewhere. To be in the river means you have a destination. To be in the river means that you know God has something amazing for you, and it's not about sitting at the river. It's about flowing in the river. It's time to get in the boat, row the boat, and let's follow the river. He said, where's the river going? I don't know. When we get there, we'll know it. Remember that series I preached on Lewis and Clark? They had no idea where they were going, but they followed the river. How many know it's time to row the boat? Ah, Jesus. In that same chapter, let's go to verse, the next verse, verse 11, I think it is. All things are legal. All things are lawful. Can I say that again? All things are for me but not all things are it it kind of upsets me a little when people ask me and I've been preaching this for years so they don't ask me anymore but when people say and I hear it all the time people say preacher can you do this or that and still go to heaven if, if I do this, can I still go to heaven? If I do that, can I go to heaven? Really? That's your mindset? In other words, pastor, what can I get away with? Is that the way you treat your wife? Honey? <laughs> How bad does it have to get before you leave? Honey, if, 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 I, if I don't do this or I do that, you know... Then, 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 are, are you not? I mean, your wife would look at you like, really? That's where your head's at. You want to know how much you can get away with. You want to know. You want to know how bad it gets before I leave. Well, why aren't you asking the question, honey? I just want to do everything I can to let you know I love you. Want to prove that love and anything I can do. I want to be there for you. Amen. That's the kind of mindset, and I'm here to tell you that's the mindset of Christians. It's not about what can I get away with. It's how close can I get to him. What can I do to to prove my love for him. How can I demonstrate that I love Jesus? Listen, a lot of things are lawful, but they're not convenient. They're not helpful. No, listen, uh, uh, not, not everything, all things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Well, they'll just have to get over it. Oh, really? So it's all about you, John Mark. <laughs> We're going to call it the John Mark spirit. But not everything edifies. You Maybe you can get away with something, but does it edify? Is it helping anybody? Come on, church. And if, it, if it's a stumbling block to somebody, maybe we ought to let it go. Not because it's sinful, but because it's a stumbling block. Am I preaching? Let, let, let no one seek his own, John Mark but each one the other's well-being. How can I live in such a way that it's a blessing to you? Not how can I live so everyone will just leave me alone. It's time to stand. Can I tell you something? It's not always about a fight. It's about a stand. But you can't stand if you're not in shape. You know, when the wind blows, these willows and these trees that can bend, palm trees, these things can bend almost in half. But when the wind stops, they're right back up. And some of these mighty oaks, when the wind blows, it blows them over because they resist the wind. And sooner or later, listen. I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus. There's a move of the Holy Spirit coming that if you don't bend, if you don't start letting God have his way in your life, it will knock you over. They all drank from the river. This church is not about camping by the river. This church is about getting in the river. Every member, every person, there's a move of God coming that I'm a. Why are you preaching this, Pastor? Because there's a move of God coming that a lot of us aren't ready for. That's the whole sermon. Go home. I'm done. We're just not ready for it. And God says to me, tell them, get in shape. I can't get you in shape. All I can do is introduce you to the one who can get you in shape. Jesus, But let, let me conclude with this. This is not the end of the story. There's a happy ending. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is in prison again. <laughs> Sometimes I think if you're really serving the Lord, that's where you wind up. He's, he knows. He's about to lose his head, literally, right? He writes a letter to his spiritual son. He says, Timothy, I'm about to go. I'm about to turn. There's a difference between an inheritance and inheritance. And legacy. Inheritance is the stuff you leave. Long after I'm dead, you'll inherit this building and it'll all be yours. It's paid for. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But a legacy is what you leave in people. Please don't put a plaque out here, you know, you built by. No. There's no place in this building where my name is on anything because it's not about The building is not what I leave for you, it's what hopefully we've left in you. And Paul says, I'm about you're about to take my place, Timothy. So here's what I want you to do He said, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. You know what that means? Preach when you feel like it and when you don't. But there are times I don't even want to preach till I get up here and start preaching. Then I'm like, What was wrong with me? This is great. Because the anointing and the presence of God, but you know, you don't feel the same when the anointing's not there. You should see me after I get home. Listen, be ready in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort <laughs> with all long suffering. What a beautiful word. You know what that word means? To suffer long. So deep. And teaching, long-suffering, teach them, teach them. Don't just fuss at them, teach them. For the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine. Hello, 2021. But according to their own desires, John Mark, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves preachers who will preach what they want to hear. But then he got personal. Four verses later, here's what he says. Be diligent, Timothy, to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. How many know there are probably a lot of people leaving poor Paul? I'm talking Christian people. Sometimes sometimes people are going to leave you. Let them go. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Just bless them and let them go. Don't take it personal. Just bless them because it's hard to love some people. Jesus. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. He went to a church where they love him. And by the way, uh, Crescens has left for Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only... Luke, one person. He's about to die, one person's there. Only Luke is with me. And here it is, here it is, here it is. Get Mark. John Mark? Go get Mark and bring him with you, for he is. Oh, when I read this the first time, it just broke me. He is useful. Wasn't a few years before. Something happened to Paul and something happened to John Mark. John Mark got back into shape. And now Paul says, "I want to see John Mark. Bring him to me. He is useful for the ministry." Sometimes, church, you don't feel useful anymore. You feel out of place. You're, 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 you're to this or to that. I'm too old. I'm too disconnected. I, I don't know what to do. I don't have the talent. You just feel like you just feel like John Mark. You just feel disconnected. But listen, this whole message is to encourage you this morning that you can be useful for the kingdom of heaven one more time just get in the river hallelujah he's useful bring John Mark oh my god that that just messes me up now listen the story doesn't even end there because most scholars most scholars believe that it was John Mark who wrote the gospel of Mark I think he turned out all right this message is to give somebody hope. You're going to be all right. You're going to get back in shape. You're huffing and puffing now, and it's it's tough just to go up one flight of stairs because we got to rise. If we're going to go into the presence of God, you can't lie down. You must go up. You must climb if you're going to get into his presence. You must be in shape if you're going to get into his presence. And to be in shape, you must do the basics on a daily basis, and that will get you into shape. How many times do football coaches, after a game that they lost, they go back and say, what went wrong? We forgot the basics. We didn't tackle. We forgot things. We got sloppy, and we lost a game. This message is from Coach Philippi to a team that needs to get back on the winning track. He wound up writing the Gospel of Mark. You may not be in shape yet, but you will be. I, I can coach, but I can't get you in shape. You have to go to the gym. You have to you have to pay the price.